three, two, one. I'm out at Kunia and I am at Kohana Hawaiian Agricole Rum and Distillery and I am with the general manager, Kyle Reutner. How are you? I am fantastic. Joe, thank you for coming out here. I'm stoked to be able to show you around. No, I'm so glad I'm here because it was getting a little bit like, let's do lunch, right? So <laughs> every time you would come on the show and we would talk so enthusiastically about rum, which we're both passionate about distilled spirits. And I would say, oh yes, I'm going to come out. And I didn't, it was so embarrassing. And here I am and I'm so delighted to be here. This is gorgeous. I think for most people who spend their lives in Honolulu, who are kind of downtown or even venture out to East Honolulu or West, they really have no idea what it's like when you just come a little bit more into farming country. Yeah, I mean, this is agricultural land in Hawaii since the beginning, whether it be you know, the Hawaiian community before contact or even during the plantation era. So this is kind of the breadbasket. So we'd love for more people to come on by and see what central Oahu has to offer. It's obviously a beautiful place. And, you know, I think it really brings home to us how agriculture is a part of Hawaii and has struggled so much to really maintain its integrity. And I think the story here at Kohana is just one that is so important to be told. I mean, what's blowing me away, and I think most people who learn this, is that there are so many different varieties of sugarcane destined for all kinds of purposes, and you guys are using them. It, it, tell us about the whole the whole heirloom story and, and what you discovered as you started the distillery. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and we're so fortunate to be a conduit to share these stories and really be able to talk about a lot of different points of history. So most people are unaware that Hawaiians brought sugarcane to our islands around 1000 AD. So think, if you're looking in global perspective, that's about 500 years before the Caribbean gets sugarcane. So like, you know, it comes over on Columbus's second voyage in 1492. The Hawaiians had ko, which is the Hawaiian word for sugarcane here, 500 years before that. That's 800 years before Western contact and plantation era. So all of the co that we grow is from that era. These are all heirloom Hawaiian sugar canes. And we worked with researchers at the University of Hawaii at Manoa and actually a gentleman named Dr. Noah Lincoln, who was integral in helping us to determine the actual genetics and history of these. He's quite literally written the book. Thanks, Dr. Lincoln. But how incredible in terms of timing that he arrives at the University of Hawaii. He's passionate about what he does you guys decide that you're going to venture into rum making. Did, did you know at the time that there were all these different varietals of sugarcane and that you were really opening up a Pandora's box? Yeah, no, it, it was honestly a, a happy, I, I guess a happy accident where you're looking at all of the modified iterations of sugarcane from the plantation era And you talk to the Hawaii Agricultural Research Center, who was like the brain trust for Hawaii sugar. And they're like, well, here's what grows best for commodity sugar. Mm -hmm. And then you come across, hey, but there's this awesome gentleman that's studying this ethnobotanical history of what actually was here. And once we found that there were heirloom Hawaiian sugarcane. And and honestly, the first one we found, I think, was Manulele. It's like, no, how do you not fall in love with this? Now we get to share real Hawaii history with people, and it's just, it's outstanding. And and what's so wonderful, too, and sort of gives you chicken skin when you start to see it, right, when you get in the fields, is that this is 
the same as as growing anything that depends on terroir and depends on a sense of place and you have so many varieties of sugarcane here that are kind of doing their own thing i mean they're their own colors they're they're so different in how they look and they're producing different flavors for you as well absolutely i i tell people all the time we really do three things that make us different than any other spirits produced in the world the first is we use fresh sugarcane juice so it's not a byproduct of another industry like molasses we grow everything ourselves so we're actually growing you know 300 acres of hawaiian sugarcane here so agricultural jobs like real work being done and then we use those heirloom varietals but only one at a time so every single rum you see on the shelf you'll look at the side of it and go what cane is inside of that? You'll see when it was harvested, what it is, giving you a, a real connection to a place, which I think people crave, and especially people in Hawaii know how important the sense of place is. Absolutely. And, and I think it's just remarkable that it, as such a young industry, um, you, you've brought back something that could quite easily have been lost. I mean, we don't have time to go into sort of sugar as a commodity and how the whole <laughs> cane sugar industry was. Needless to say, it's just so wonderful that you at Kohana are bringing something back. You're, you're, you're using this land here and the earth and the, the sugar cane to do something it seems like it was meant to do. So you're very young. It's you're five years old, right? Yeah, I mean, well, Four or five years old. Twelve years is a farm, mm. but yeah, a little over five as a distillery. So what do you have right now? I mean, what can we buy right now? What can we come and taste? And and what are the differences of what you're producing in rum? Yeah. So at any point, you can come and try different varietals as our unaged rum, which we call kea, the Hawaiian word for white. We also have barrel-aged options, so we have coho and kila, which mean to vote or choose is coho, and that's our barrel select. So think just like a great bourbon or a cognac producer would be barrel-aging. And we have some very special opportunities to share cast strength, so that's kila, and we also make a product with a few other uh, industry friends, a cacao team at Manoa Chocolate. Mm and Manoa honey, and we do a cacao and honey liqueur. So those are always available. And when you come out for a tour, you get to try two different white rums, an aged rum, and cocoleca or chocolate rum after going through the whole process of learning cane history, barrel aging, distillery science, and all of the playfulness that can come along with it. So it's I, I refer to it as the best adult field trip on Oahu, um, but we do all of that and have those offerings. We're talking with Kyle Reitner. He's a general manager at Kohana Hawaiian Agricole Rum out here in Kunia. Um, Kyle, you briefly mentioned it, Agricole Rum, that you make everything from here. But it's a very important distinction that you're making this rum from the sugarcane juice and not from a byproduct like molasses, for example. Exactly. So the general rum making history is almost all based in molasses rum about 95 96 percent of the world's rum is produced from molasses it's very rare and frankly really expensive to do it from juice you have to have a farm nearby to get fresh sugarcane or else it's going to oxidize that pretty much puts you in only expensive tropical areas or very inexpensive caribbean tropical areas i suppose but it, it limits your opportunities. Molasses is shelf stable. So for us, we only use that fresh juice. 
because it's the best expression of what ko can be. Kohana, the work of the sugarcane, we want that to be true. That's why we don't take shortcuts. We don't ever import anything and put Hawaii on a bottle that's something from Papua New Guinea or here or there. It's all made here by people that live here. The uh, pandemic has, you know, obviously knocked the legs out of everybody, every industry across the globe. Uh, one of the byproducts of the pandemic was that you were able to jump into action and start making a hand sanitizer, which was of great help to especially essential workers right at the beginning. Is that something that you'll continue to do? We will do it as long as it's needed. So we just got reached out to actually this morning. Uh, asking what's going on with it and we're still making sanitizer as it's needed it's not our core principle as a company we were lucky to be able to have a reason for being last year and be able to really take care of people while taking care of ourselves you know providing our team continued jobs but also helping our community so we will do it as long as it's necessary as long as people find hand sanitizer to be part of what they need to have and until Purell can make enough for everybody. There you go. <laughs> Which seems like never, but we'd rather have yours. Um, that is leading me, the reason I asked you that question, is is how sustainable is this as an industry? So we saw through the pandemic that a focus on tourism has never really been the most beneficial thing for Hawaii's sustainability. But it seems as though that message doesn't really get through. And we just focus on tourism and all the jobs that are there. How sustainable is this? And when you project five and 10 years out from now, what are you seeing? So I, I believe the industry is really going to thrive coming out of this. I think that things that have, you know, the, the core of what, what Hawaii can offer, which is better growing conditions and therefore better plants, whether it's Kona coffee as how you're looking at it or the burgeoning cacao industry, we as rum makers think that fresh sugarcane juice rum from Hawaii, rum known as Hawaiian agricultural rum, can become an export product. We want to be able to send bottles to living rooms the world over to be opened with your favorite people and you to be transported to Hawaii by opening our bottle. You don't have to necessarily even step foot on our shores to understand how important this place is. And there's, there's a great opportunity for it to do it. So I think it's really sustainable as long as, you know, our local community can stay supportive and our local government can do what they need to, to, to actually help, you know, industry like ours. And I think there's also something that you wouldn't bring up, but I can, um, uh, because you're too diplomatic and, <laughs> and I think it's my job to bring it up is this is an industry, um, and there are several of them in Hawaii that we're finding more and more out about. Um, this is an industry that can be sort of replicated quickly and easily. You can make a spirit really fast out of just about anything, like a potato will do, and get it to market and slap a label on it and say, this is from Hawaii, if you want to. And there are very few... Uh, restrictions in place to stop you from doing that and that is happening and it's happening across the board with products that have made in Hawaii written on them we've known for a long time about Kona coffee and how many true Kona coffees are on the on mm -hmm. the market there was a certain very large uh, brewery that went through a major lawsuit that they don't have to be named but you know again it was the misleading of the general public uh, and using the name Hawaii most recently we've just seen it in 
I mean, I think perhaps most shocking of all, chocolate macadamia nuts. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Um, but this is a very serious thing, and especially on a group of islands who are struggling to find an industry and to find something that's their own that can be sustainable and keep people in jobs and have a future for young people. You are doing it the right way. You are growing everything, supporting farmers, supporting local families. Everything here is grown here, made here and and distilled here. Um, I know that you can't really talk about it, because, but it must be a great <laughs> source of frustration. So. Tell me about how positive it is and how amazing it is that you do do everything from here. Yeah, I mean, we are we are very fortunate. I think that people in Hawaii can understand the difficulties of life in so many different ways so that it, it can be easier to take what we refer to as shortcuts. Um, we're not interested in that. We want to do everything, as we say, from grass to glass. There are, I, I tell this story all the time and I'll, I'll let people digest it how they want, but you can do any portion of the spirits making yourself or outsource it from growing it to fermenting it, to distilling it, to bottling it. Anyone else could take on everything or anything for you. We don't outsource any of it. So it's, it's a way for us to really be true to who we are, which is a company from here. Our dogma is it must be from here to be in our bottles, period. Mm-hmm. There's nothing imported. There's nothing added that's not from our islands because we don't need to do that. We yeah, have a bounty here. Why would we do that? We, right. we can be successful with it. And that's why you need community support. Because For sure. until it becomes a, a product that, that people traveling to the islands really want to take home with them, which you know takes years to establish, you need local support. You need people driving out here on the weekends, bringing their friends, bringing their family. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have age limits on people who can do the tour? No, so because, yeah. this, because the tour is so fun on the historical and science side, it's all ages. We have, even for adult non-drinkers, we have the option to do a gelato at the end instead of a rum tasting. So you get all of the information, all of the joy, and you don't have to have any of the consumption. So we, we're, we're come, come and learn about Hawaiian sugarcane. Come learn about the science. Come learn about the history. There's something for everyone in that space. And you know what I think is super important like for young people? Um, in bringing them out here, they're learning a different story about Hawaiian sugarcane. Sure. I mean, they've all learned that story about how the sugarcane was the biggest commodity. But there's a whole other story here of real Hawaiian sugarcane with a thousand year history. I mean, that alone, I think, is enough to get young minds excited and hopefully get them into the idea of, hey, I could be a farmer. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it sometimes about, you know, the idea of growing farmers, not growing crops. Uh, And I think there's something to be said. I'm not I'm not crazy. I don't think that everybody's going to get into agriculture or or even that they're going to find real value in it. But we find a ton of value and I think that enough people understand what can be and they still see it. We haven't gone so far to have trashed that whole idea. Thank goodness. It's such a pleasure to be talking with you. It was a wonderful morning just walking around this great old farm you have out here. Uh, What you're doing is fantastic, Kyle. Um, I just hope that, you know, more people can come and support you and you continue to grow. Um, For people who see Kahana um, in the stores or in their favorite restaurant or their favorite bar, 
what's the kind of what's the I know it's hard to say with distilled spirits right because they're all different and these all have their own flavors and their own characteristics but what where do you like to guide people for the very first taste Mm -hmm. that gives them really a sense of wow that's what they do which one is it so I'll I'll, I'm gonna have to hedge my bets here a little bit so if you go and pick up a bottle of Cocoleco which is our cacao and honey infused rum which you can find at Fujioka's Safeway Foodland even at Costco now, which is which is really great for a local company to be able to get into a place like that. Pour it in your coffee or pour it over ice and just enjoy it. It's phenomenal. And to see what three farms can sort of circle in on as far as deliciousness mm, yeah. is really great. Local cacao, local honey, and arcane spirit. So on the rocks or in your coffee is my way for Cocoleca. In your in your late afternoon coffee, of That's, course. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers any which way. And then for our unaged rum, which we call Kea, I would say you can keep it very simple with either a ginger beer, which I think it's great. We call them bright and sunnies because it's not dark and stormy in Hawaii. It's bright and sunny. So pour it in with ginger beer. Or if you happen to want to craft up something, our rum, fresh lime, and a little bit of sugar water, simple syrup. Think of it like the rum answer to a margarita bright refreshing delicious and just like vibrant so i drink daiquiris all the time not your blended strawberry kind but classic it's actually cuban recipe that's that's what i do fabulous of course you would having your amazing (laughs) history as one of our top mixologists kyle it's been absolutely lovely to come out here we are going to after this send people off to the website to learn more about the story and to see how they can come and take tours and get here and most importantly support you guys thank you so much for having us out here thank you joe we're going to go and take a break stay with us you're listening to radio mojo plus <laughs>